place in this church tonight that I'll never hear about. Maybe some of you here tonight are carrying burdens that even other people in the church don't know about. And I'd like us to draw our attention to this text for encouragement tonight to learn from the Lord Jesus Christ through a wonderful situation that, boy, Christ displays his power in a magnificent way. And really, that's why Mark writes his gospel. He states in the very first verse of chapter 1 that he is writing with the purpose of declaring Jesus Christ as not just to be a man, not just to be a, a, a mortal, but to be the only immortal God, God himself. And so as he writes his gospel, boy, he's presenting a story and story and account after account and miracle after miracle of how Christ displayed his power in the earth. And folks, there's no denying it. Jesus is who he said he is. He is God himself. And we can't explain all the details of the Trinity, but we believe it by faith. Jesus said, if any man wants to get to the Father, he must go through me. He said, I and my Father are one. And so in Mark chapter 4, we come to a, a wonderful account of Jesus displaying his power. Notice with me in verse 36. We'll pick up our reading there where the Bible says this. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. They took Jesus in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Here in our text this evening, we find the peril that these disciples were facing. Immediately in 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 chapter 4 and verse 37, the Bible says that there arose a, a great storm. No doubt these disciples who were very familiar with the Sea of Galilee had experienced storms like this in the past. But the Bible calls this a great storm. It was a large storm. And I can just imagine in, uh, in my mind that the, the waves were rolling and the winds were blowing. And you know, kind of imagine that ominous cloud in the sky with the lightning and the thunder. And here we find the disciples in a, a very precarious situation. Where they have maybe a lot of questions to ask. Boy, they're in trouble. They are overwhelmed by the storm. You know, in a similar way, we often as Christians find ourselves in this type of peril. Oh, maybe not a literal storm. Although in Mississippi and Louisiana, sometimes we do, right? But the storms of life, the suffering that we face, the storms that roll over us. Where we could face a lot of difficulty in losing a job and losing a, a loved one. And tonight, I, I want us to notice the peril and the response to the peril. You see, the disciples made a, a very important mistake that I want us to take notice of tonight. And that is that through the storm, they were overwhelmed by the storm rather than seeing their Savior. Do you see that with me here? Here the disciples come to Christ and, and they protest. They say, well, well, Christ, don't you care about us? 
What a silly question to ask the Lord Jesus Christ. But oh, how often do we as Christians maybe make the same mistake? Well, well, Lord, don't you care about what I'm facing? Don't you see the trouble that is perplexing me? Don't you see this overwhelming situation that just doesn't make sense? Don't you see the peril and the danger? How many of you have ever talked to somebody maybe in the community and interacting with them in a gospel conversation and this could even be the very reason they do not come to faith in Jesus Christ? Well, how could a good God allow bad things to happen to good people? Folks, I'm reminded of what the Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 4 and verse 12 that we shouldn't think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. In other words, what Peter says is, Hey, Christian, why are you so surprised that you're encountering suffering, that you're encountering difficulty, that you're encountering opposition to the gospel message? James 1 and verse 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. There's blessing to the one who is in the storm. We will face peril. We will face suffering. There are storms. But, oh, friends, we ought not shake our fist back in the face of God and say, well, don't you care? (laughs) Don't you see my need? Of course he sees your need. 1 Peter 5 and verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him. Here's the promise that we can claim. He cares for you. So give him your cares. Psalm 103 verses 13 and 14 says this, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. Folks, he knows us tonight. He remembereth that we are dust. Say, no, no, he can't know my insufficiencies. Oh, friend, he does know your insufficiencies. He knows your weakness tonight. He knows your frame. He knows your need in your hour of suffering. And it's interesting that in this text, Christ ties fear to a lack of faith. Notice down in verse 40. He says to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? See, faith and fear are opposed to one another. The Christian cannot fear and have faith. Oh, it's one or the other. The Bible is very clear that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We're reminded by the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 and verse 6 that we should be careful or worried or anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let our requests be made known unto God. You see, our eyes must be on the Savior. Our eyes must be fixed on Jesus. Though the storms rage around us, the storm will not heal us. The storm will not disappear just because we wish it to disappear. No, no, folks, the comforting truth for us tonight is not that storms will all disappear when you come to Jesus. It's that Jesus comes to you through the storm. He's there and he knows your need. You know, there's that wonderful old hymn text that asks this very question that the disciples ask. Does does Jesus really care? The chorus of that song says with confidence, oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. My heart is touched, his heart, excuse me, is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. Jesus said in John 16 and verse 33, 
comforting truth here. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Friend, tonight, are you in a storm? Are you facing suffering? Are you facing difficulty? Oh, don't be surprised. Peril is certain for the Christian. Suffering is inevitable. And I ask you not tonight, are you in a storm? I ask you tonight, where are your eyes fixed? Are your eyes on the storm? Are you overwhelmed by the circumstance? Or are your eyes on Jesus? And the disciples make this mistake in this text. They wake him up, don't you just care? And here is a wonderful opportunity for Christ, the Son of God, to display his power to his disciples. Notice down in the text, he arose from sleep after this accusation question. He rebukes the wind and he says unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You see, Jesus displayed that he was God in this text. Oh, and the disciples responded and say, oh my goodness, how could anybody else just calm a storm? How could anyone else bring comfort through a difficult circumstance? How could anyone else other than the Son of God, the creator of the universe, bring peace through tumultuous times? And friend, the same Jesus that was in the boat with the disciples in Mark chapter 4 is the same Jesus that we read about in scriptures, the same Jesus that saves us from our sins, is the same Jesus that comforts us in our hour of need. And may I say to all of us tonight, if you're here and you're going through a storm, oh friend, he cares for you and he's right there with you. He's in the boat. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. Don't let the storm overwhelm you. Don't let the difficulty or take you. Fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what the most comforting reality for all of us is as we face the, storm of, the storms of life, as we go through perplexing situations it's the presence of our God with us. I'm reminded of what Isaiah said in chapter 41 and verse 10. He says, fear thou not. We ask the question, well, why? For I am with thee, God says. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 43 and verse 2 says that when we pass through the waters, he will be with us. And even in that wonderful psalm, in the 23rd psalm, David reminds us that when we pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Amen. Oh, friend, he's with you tonight. He is the answer to our suffering. Amen. Allow him to bring peace into your life. Allow his power to be displayed through you as you go through that storm. You know, when I was a little boy, I, I had a great fear of storms. The lightning would strike and the thunder would clap and the rain would beat down on the roof right over my bed. You know, it was a scary experience when I was three, four, or five years old. And I'll never forget, on many occasions, as a storm would sweep into Ringgold, Louisiana, and that thunder would clap and that little four-year-old Micah would just begin to fear and dread the storm, okay? I would hop up out of my little bed and I would run into my parents' room, and I would wake up my dad and say, Dad, Dad, I'm, I'm scared, I'm scared. I just want to be with you. I know you're going to keep me safe. Man, you're a whole lot stronger than I am. You, you, you've been through a lot more storms than I've been through. And with you, there's no need to fear. There's no need to worry. 
Friends, it's a silly illustration that could never compare to the strength and the might and the wisdom of our God. But don't you see that the the presence of our Savior is the best place to be through circumstance? It's the best place to find peace. It's the only place to find peace. See, many Christians are confused, could we say disoriented, by the world, the age. Well, finances will satisfy you. A better job, a promotion will satisfy you. Good grades in school, that's going to bring satisfaction. Oh, just build your influence on social media. Have a really good family life. That's where peace comes from. Follow your own heart. Follow your dreams. And that's where satisfaction comes from. Folks, if you're searching for those things and you're looking to those things to find peace, they are empty, they are vain, and they will lead you to more emptiness. Jesus satisfies. That's why he says in Matthew 11, Oh, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And what is the promise there? I will give you rest. So our question tonight is, how can we glorify God through the storms that he allows in our lives? And I believe that it's, it's boiled down to this in Mark 4. That it's not by filling our vision with the storm. It's not by being overwhelmed by the storm, but by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, who is very present with us, who will display his power, and who promises peace. You remember what Isaiah said in Isaiah 9. He is the God of peace. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of peace and of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end Isaiah 26 and verse 3 reminds us how we access this peace that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee could I encourage you tonight look to Jesus oh it's simple to say in a Wednesday night service here at Central Baptist Church on a February 1st 2023 But how many of us know we're going to walk out these doors tonight and life is going to hit us and reality checks will be happening. We're going to be faced with this very question. Where is my gaze set? Am I overwhelmed by the storm or am I looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith? I pray that tonight we would do business with God and realign our focus and look to Jesus through the storms that he allows. Father, tonight we're so thankful for the privilege to open, not another book, not man's opinion, not man's solution to storms, to peril, to problems, to pressures, but to open up the word of God and in this situation, in this wonderful account, see, oh yes, man's inadequacy. We, we surely could see tonight our own insufficiency reflected in the disciples. But Lord, would our vision not be filled with our inadequacies or the, the storms around us, but would you work in our hearts to realign our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and to see his power, to see his peace, and to know his presence through whatever we face in this life. Lord, it has been a joy for us to be here at Central Baptist Church. We're thankful for these dear folks. Thankful for how you're using them in this community. Thankful for Pastor and his leadership, I pray that you would continue to use them. Lead them in this new year. Do wonderful things that only you can do for your honor and for your glory. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's stand together tonight.